are listening to the Heavy Metal Hangover, where the beer is always cold and the music is always heavy. With your hosts wearing jeans and leather, not Cracker Jack clothes, Rex and Duff. Welcome to another episode of the Heavy Metal Hangover. My name is Duff. My name is Rex. Here we are, another fine evening for metal. Big fun today. Yeah, yeah, I don't know about that. In fact, I, 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 I'm gonna throw this out. Tonight's gonna suck. <laughs> I'm no, I just, yeah, I, I like to be honest up front. You know, I mean, uh, yeah, tonight's episode is gonna suck. In fact, um, yep, that's that's all I have to say. Uh, that's all I got no, to say I, about that. No, I, you know what? I have no idea. Um, this is another episode where we have absolutely nothing prepared. We have no idea what we're gonna talk about, which either ends up. 20 minutes later, we going, us going like, uh, uh, and we just figure something out, and it was just a repeat of what we said the week before, or it ends up working out really well. I, I It's crazy. Um, <laughs> it's crazy how that works. Uh, you know, I, I will say this, though. I, I don't like, I don't like talking about quote-unquote metal news. Right, metal nudes. One thing, I don't exactly like talking about metal news. We've always said we're not a metal news site. Typically, the only time we talk about it is if it's something really interesting, or um, I don't know, like a band's going on tour, whatever. We, you know, because we we try to differentiate ourselves from the suck ass metal sites out there that just, you know, post crap all the time. But I will say, um, in the world of metal, there there was a big announcement this week, and that is uh, Mike Portnoy going back to Dream Theater, which I find odd. I find this odd. And it's not... I don't know, man. I'm 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 struggling to compute this one in my head. <clears throat> and 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 I'll tell you why. Typically speaking, when a band gets an you know, gets a high profile member back, it's you know, if nothing else, it's going to add a lot to the you know, to the, the, the monetary value of the band. You hate saying that, but it's just the truth. You know, I mean, if you have, if you have a member, if you have a replacement member and then you get the, the, the other guy back, it's usually very good for ticket sales. Thing is, though, Dream Theater's huge. I don't think Dream Theater has been lacking in popularity for the last 10 years. Well, it's more than 10. I really don't. I, I so so right out of the gate, it's a little weird to me. Now, uh, dude, I'm not looking at their dude. I don't have their album sales in front of me, or any of that sort of thing. But dude, I listened to Dream Theater in the '90s, and again, hey, we say this all the time. This is not about us being cool. This is being. This is me being. The '90s were the peak of when I was really into prog stuff. When I was listening to, you know, 
a lot of Fate's Warning, a lot of King's X, a lot of Queensryche, a lot of Dream Theater, a lot of Rush. You know, I was that I just that was I listened to a lot of that stuff. And Dream Theater was a really important band to me in the 90s. The thing about Dream Theater in the 90s is they were not a household. Dude, they weren't they, not only were they not a household name, they weren't a household name in metal. Like they really weren't. I mean, yeah, you would see about John Petrucci in like Guitar World. But that's not all that weird. I mean, any guitar player who's doing anything different in any way, I'll end up in Guitar World. I'm not I'm not I'm not taking anything away from it. And Mike Portnoy was in was in Modern Drummer a lot. Sure. But dude, Dream Theater is a is they're a band that everybody who listens to any sort of heavy music at all knows who they are now. Dream Theater is synonymous with with Prague and complicated. John Petrucci, dude, how many times have we talked about John Petrucci? His name is on everything in a guitar center. You know what I mean? His name, he, he has to have his name on more things in a guitar in a guitar center than almost anybody else. Yeah, I mean, and I'm serious. It's just everything in the store, in some way, there, there's a custom set of John Petrucci versions of those somewhere. And Mike Mangini, although, don't get me wrong, fans might, every fan in the world might say they'd rather have Portnoy in the band. I don't see it translating to additional sales. I don't see it translating to their popularity. However... Which, which says to me, is the reunion solely based on the fact that Myung, Petrucci, and Portnoy have been friends since college? Like, is it that? I mean, is, is it just because they're friends? I mean, if that's the case, then that, that's awesome. Um, the weird, It's just weird for me because Dream Theater has, has made calculated moves in the past, you know, to upgrade band members and that sort of thing. And I am a huge fan of Mike Portnoy in the 90s. But in complete fairness, Mike Mangini has skills that Portnoy doesn't have. And vice versa. Admittedly, vice versa. But Mike Mangini can play stuff that Mike Portnoy can't. It's, it's just true. It's just absolutely true. My, Mike, uh, Mike Mangini has, has speed in his hands that Portnoy does not have. He has technique that Portnoy does not have. Now, Portnoy, I think is a better writer. I think he's, uh, I, I, I like his playing a thousand times better and I'm not alone in that. Um, so I don't know. I'm, I would be really curious to find out, you know, the real reason, you know, is it, is it, do, do, because do they actually think they'll, 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 they'll benefit from it? Is it just cause they're friends where my other question is where was this always in the back of their head? Were they always gonna can Mangini if Mike gave them the nod? I don't know. I just I don't know. One of those things. Um, always worth it, and you'll never really get a straight answer. And uh, Mangini is, of course, being super professional. He's being himself. He's being very nice and very appreciative and very professional about it, saying how though they were so kind to him and and you know. So he he's leaving with honor, you know, with grace, and that's that's awesome. Um, but I will be, I will be interested for the record. I it, it was admittedly a huge dream theater fan. I am still 
a huge Dream Theater fan, but I am still only a fan of the Dream Theater that I was a fan of when I was a huge fan. What I mean by that is I love that band up through a change of seasons. Meaning, when Day and Dream, when Day and Dream Unite, I get it. It was their first album, but there's some great stuff on there. Images and Words, one of my top 10 favorite albums of all time. Awake was the album that I first got that got me into them. A Change of Seasons, I, that album still blows me away, and that's it. I do like Metropolis Part 2, Scenes from a Memory, but in fairness, that album is simply a sequel to a song off of um, Images and Words. Um, I think Falling Into Infinity is a weak album. Uh, I think it's a an underappreciated album, maybe. It just never really did it for me. After Metropolis Part 2, I just don't like it. So, I mean, legitimately, I haven't liked anything that they've done in uh, since the year 2000. Like, because Scenes from Memory came out in 99. So, pretty much, I only like Dream Theater from the 90s. I was talking to uh, a friend of mine the other day. I uh, was one, one of our listeners that, you know, I've, I, I chat with him a bunch. And uh, we were talking about Dream Theater. And I'm like, man, I'm looking through their catalog. And this is sad, man. And I, I, don't, I don't mean to just monopolize this conversation, Rex. I didn't know they're not really your thing. Um, I'm looking back at all of their records that have come out in the last 20 years. And I'm trying to think how many songs do I actually know what they sound like. And I'm counting. I'm like, I remember As I Am, because I actually think it's an amazing song. It's one of the best they ever wrote. Honor Thy Father, I couldn't tell you what it sounds like, except I remember the drum intro. He based it on... The intro to Welcome Home that Mickey D played on the King, uh, King Diamond record, Them. I remember that one. Um, there is not one song off of Octavarium, I remember. Not one song off of Six Degrees of Inner Turbulence, I remember. Um, Systematic Chaos has two... As the, I remember the song Constant Motion, but only the... I know the chorus, kind of. Black Clouds and Silver Lining, the song Wither, I really like. And I remember parts of A Nightmare to Remember, but even still, I only remember like a minute of that at most. Dramatic turner of events, I don't know. anything From then on, I, I literally couldn't name um, I couldn't name a track, which is, which is kind of sad. Um, and I, I know I probably just upset every Dream Theater fan out there. Um, but the difference is, back in the 90s, if I upset all the Dream Theater fans, I didn't know any. So... I mean, I shouldn't say I didn't know any, but I really, I, I was not friends with many Dream Theater fans, where now it seems kind of like everyone is. Um, that's a testament to them. I mean, that, that's, you know, uh, a, a big testament to the fact that they figured out a way to take Frog and push it to the limits and 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 not, and, and push themselves more mainstream. I mean, in fairness, they're mo a more mainstream band now in the metal world than they used to be. Kind of interesting. But th this does bring me to something we can talk about on this. So here's here's my here's my question um, for you. And I don't know how I'm going to phrase this yet, but it just makes me think of something. So with Dream Theater, I can remember vividly Back in the 90s, like I was really into image and, images and words and Awake and A Change of Seasons. And I used to play those for people. And I, you, and you, you probably are, you, you won't be surprised what I, when I say this. I would always get the same complaint. I would always get, this is cool. I hate that vocalist. People hated James Labrie in the 90s. And I don't know why. 
A, I think his best vocals were in the 90s. In fairness, he got food poisoning and it did horrible damage to his um, his vocal cords in the late 90s, and it took him years and years and years to ever get his voice back. It was horrible. And, I, hey, I support the band for not firing him when he was struggling. It wasn't his fault. But um, So my, my point is, like, that was one of those things where, like, in the 90s, everybody seemed to hate their vocalist. And then some, for some reason, in the 2000s, people warmed up to him. And I think people like it now. We have talked about that with Joey Belladonna, right? How, like, he was, in fairness, I don't know how to better say this, but Joey Belladonna was more of a liability than an asset to Anthrax in the 80s. I mean, I've gone on record a thousand times and saying he's why I liked Anthrax more than the other bands. That and Charlie's is a great drummer, but... Joey is why I like him more than liked them so much. I love that they had a singer, and I love that have a really good one. But the number one thing, typically, people didn't like about Anthrax was, again, we've said this, they had a singer. Mm. People have now warmed up to them. I guess what I'm wondering, and I'm putting you on the spot because I just thought of it, trying to think if, if we can think of any other examples of a band, either the band themselves or something about them or whatever, that seemed to be disliked by people or maybe it was the thing people didn't like about them and all of a sudden you notice that they happen to be cool i guess or accepted um i don't even i don't even know how to i don't know how to phrase that question um or even if it's a question worth asking um but those are just two examples for me like like man people used to bitch about joey belladonna all the time people used to bitch about james labrie all the time i don't I, I don't know anybody no one says a bad word about that guy which is great in both of them for both of them people like dude if you if you look up live videos of anthrax now every comment is about how awesome joey sounds well, but when he was doing it in his prime people bitched about him and all the same with James Labrie. Like, when James was doing those crazy vocals in the 90s, I mean, his voice is still good, but, I mean, it's clearly not it was when, not what it was 30-some-odd years ago. But, man, people just, they crapped on him like John Schaefer crapped on his own music, you know? Or gets um, crapped on, for that matter. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, I'll come back. I want to come back to that point, too. Oh, great. <laughs> No, I do want to come back. Not pooping on people. I mean, come on. What? <laughs> this isn't a German Scheisser podcast. <laughs> Can you I wonder if there is a podcast about that. I don't want to know. Uh, I'll look it up. I'll find it. Um. <laughs> so my first question is, are there, I mean, are there other good examples of like, a band member or something about a band who, like, all of a sudden they they came around and people embraced them or, you know, I mean, there's plenty of bands who went from not popular to popular. But I'm just wondering if I can think of any other good examples of that happening. Of, uh, like, wow, people like, like, like oh. Like, you, know, you, know what I, you know what I would say? What's that? I'd say you probably experienced that or not you, but I'd say, and I wasn't around for this. I would say when Kiss very first took off their face paint and they brought oh, in yeah great idea, great example you know they 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 they, they brought in um, Vinnie Vincent or yeah and uh, uh, not uh, yeah Eric Carr I'd say yeah. for a, I'd say there was a lot of people who said this isn't Kiss this isn't Kiss 
And then they, they you know, while they weren't the, the juggernaut that they were in the 70s, they still had a pretty successful career and quite a few hit songs in the 80s. Um, and, you know, now you look back at their career and it's like, you know, you, you consider those two eras. Like, you, you don't really look at it like, oh, that that's when Kiss kind of went in this other direction. Now, I don't, I don't think at this point, I don't. I don't think their current lineup will ever receive. You know, well, with the exception yeah, of Eric Singer, no. because he's been there forever. But, um, you know, yeah, I, well, Tommy Thayer just painted his house. Well, That's a, there's a different story. Well, Tommy though. Thayer just cleaned out Gene's gutters or his uh, gutters or yeah, checked his oil. You know, um, well, someone checked his oil on, <laughs> on the hotter than hell. Uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, it's an old joke from the show. If you look at the um, the cover of Kiss's Hotter Than Hell, I said flat out like someone is checking Gene's oil, straight up checking the man's oil. If you don't know what that means. Well, think about it for a second. <laughs> but I mean, I, I'd say Kiss is probably a good example in that I think a lot of people took time to grow into Kiss. Uh, meaning, meaning, you know, I, I mean, look, I wasn't there for it, but from what I understand, no, it, it was either. a big shock, like when they decided to stop painting their faces well, because it was a complete change in direction for the band. It was I, a change I, in everything. It, it, they were almost a different band. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I saw an interview with Gene Simmons, and uh, you know, back in the eighties, and he said. In the 70s, critics did nothing but give them crap about wearing face paint. And as soon as they took it off, critics did nothing but give them crap for taking off the face paint. Sounds right. You know, it's kind of, it is, dude, that is kind of funny. Um, this is weird, though, too, man. I mean, am I wrong? Like, they go in and out of, they go in and out of popularity or acceptance a lot. Well, I don't know. Well, I mean, now, now like, not so like much. They, they're, nostal- cool, like, they're a nostalgia not- band now. I mean, that's that's all yeah, there is yeah. to it. I mean, they they know this. They embrace it. Um, they are a one hundred percent nostalgia band. Um, they don't even try to like pretend like they released anything after maybe crazy nights. And I'm being generous there. Um, really and truthfully, a majority of their catalog, you know, is pre dynasty or dynasty and before. Uh, yeah, I'm looking. Live. I'm looking like. Hold on. Creatures Creatures of the Night, they play, they will okay. Like if I'm looking at songs that you might see Kiss play now. They'll right? play, you know, uh I Love It Loud. I Love It Loud. Yeah, they they would play I Love It Loud. Uh Lick It Up, they might play. Um they might play Heavens on Fire. They might play God Gave Rock and Roll to You. Right. No, yeah. No, no, that that's that is for sure. God Gave Rock and Roll to You. Tears of Fallen, maybe. Crazy Crazy Nights, maybe. Basically, what I'm saying is the only thing that they'll play is one song, their one hit song off of all of their 80s albums. Yes. I mean, it's basically what they're doing. I mean, um, like, and, and they some even of brought back the face paint. I mean, dude, Asylum is a really good record. Like, Asylum's a really, really good record. Animalize is a really good record. Yeah, but the problem um, is that, that nobody, I mean, maybe that's going the opposite direction in terms of. You know, they didn't get crapped on for the longest time, but I would say that, you know, they got crapped on for a while in the 80s, and then now a lot of people look back at those albums and like them. Um, yeah, well, actually, there, you know what? I mean, uh, a lot of stuff about the, actually, this is happening with a lot of stuff in the 80s um, in general. It's because it's nostalgia. The problem is that, like, nostalgia is is taking over everything now. And, you know, a lot of times, oh, yeah. it, it's funny, because you, you'll see this with movies, you'll see this with everything, that... A lot of times our memories of things, like we associate memories of things with music, with movies, with everything else. And so when we think back on, oh, that's such a great movie, we, we aren't really thinking about the movie itself. We're, we're thinking about like the time 
or something that was happening yep. or or the people we were with. And, and you know, I've seen this before where I've gone back and said, oh, I love that movie. And maybe it's a movie I couldn't remember what it was, but I just remember like one scene from it or something. And I think to myself, like, oh, that's such a great movie. And then I finally figure out what it is and watch it. And I sit there and I'm thinking to myself, like, man, that, that wasn't as good as I remember. And, you know, I, the same thing happens with mo- albums. You know, you'll think back to yourself like, oh, man, I, I love that album. And maybe it's an album you haven't listened to in a long time or, you know, you haven't even thought about in a long time. But all you think about is, oh, that's a great. Album. And then you listen to the album and you're just like, man, you know, I I don't really remember what I like. You know, maybe it's not you dislike it, but at the same time, it's like, you know, it wasn't. You know, I say good. to you, I say to you a thousand times, like, or I've said, I've said it on the show a thousand times, like, look, you ever, you ever go through, like, you ever go record shopping and you're flipping through and you find an album and you're just like, this album is so good, I wish I didn't own it so I could buy it. Like, you, you, you want that feeling of listening to an album that like knocks your socks off for the first time again. Yeah, you know, because like you know, you, you I, re- I remember like I, I, the the mo- one of the most vivid things I remember in terms of putting on an album and being like holy crap was when we when you bought bloodthirst you know yeah we we weren't we weren't really in you know we didn't really listen to a lot of the corpse grinder stuff you know he'd only released like two albums by that point violent gallery of suicide and you know we were new the chris barnes stuff and violent gallery of suicide were you know they were good albums but you know you and i, I think we're still stuck in that yeah. like chris barnes yeah. ride or die mode at that point and i and actually i, I know exactly what happened I, actually what what now this is not what made me. I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you on what you're gonna say about Bloodthirst because you're a thousand times right. I can tell you what made me buy Bloodthirst. What made me buy Bloodthirst was I got the Cannibal Corpse Monolith of Death VHS tour video, and I got it because it was super on sale. Because I'm with you, man. I did not listen to the Corpse Grinder. Cannibal Corpse. It's not that we didn't like it. It's just that we were Chris Barnes, ride or die. (laughs) No, I just, I didn't listen. Yeah, I didn't really listen to it. In fair, actually, Corpse Grinder is a really good example of this because there was a time when it was like, if it's not Barnes, it sucks. Now it's like, if it's Barnes, it sucks. Um, (laughs) Wee! You know, but I've got that monolith of death video, and I just remember walking away going, I didn't realize how good Alex Webster was. Because it's it's hard to tell just by listening to the old records how good that guy is, and I just remember saying to you like, like I I I don't even think I was the biggest fan of Corpse Grinder yet, but I just thought he was the most badass guy on stage. I was like, dude, he like he puts his foot on the monitor, like pounds his thigh and 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 windmills, like that's pretty cool. Now, mind you, though, that was back in the day when he had no personality on stage. That was back before. You know, before he was the death metal target clearance yeah. shopper. Da- back before, you know, Claw now he's champion. like, he's like, you can tr- you can try to headbang with me, and you will fail miserably. Like he didn't do that back then. He introduced a song and sang it. Um, but my point is, and he sounded like so cold Steve Austin. Yeah, but there's a song on it that really got me to like wake up a little bit to Corpse Grinder. And the song on it is um, from the Vile record, which, hey, man, admittedly, to this day, and I don't think you disagree with me too much, I am not a huge fan of the album Vile, and it's not because I don't like the album, but it's literally because it just sounds 
it sounds like exactly what it is. It sounds like a band who wrote a record with a different vocalist and they weren't getting along and that guy left and they hired someone to come in and they changed it all. Yeah, you know what I mean, I'll be honest with you. If you listen to Creative, Created to Kill Death demos, they're awesome. Like, I will fully well admit that I actually probably like those demos more than I like Vile. Uh, agreed. Agreed. And that is not anything against George's performance on the record, because George's performance on the record no. is incredible. No, I mean, it's no different. Like, how many vocalists do you hear? I mean, Joey Belladonna, same thing happened to him. When he came in, the whole album was wrote, written for another vocalist, and he just did the best he could. And then he came back on, on the next album and just, like, killed it. Like, there's a lot of times where... A, a band will write an entire album and they'll have that vote. And the, finally, just the last straw happens. The vocalist quits and you got to bring in this other singer. And, you know, it's not in their style, but at the, you can't rewrite all the songs. You can't change the yep. keys. You can't you can't change things. So the, the old Hell, singer it was already recorded, basically. Yeah. And the new singer is basically you, that's what I'm saying. You can't change stuff. So the new singer comes in and he's basically got to not only figure out how he's going, he or she is going to sing it. But how he or she is going to sing it and still have it fit like someone who isn't him. So well, like and and yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I was we'll, say, we'll get no, to the bloodthirst point. We're gonna get to the bloodthirst point you were making. I'm not trying to derail that, but, but we will get back to it. But Continue. so yeah, again, you know, it, it's one. You know, saying George wasn't his best on vile has nothing to do with George. It has to do with the fact that it was written by it was written for a vocalist that isn't George and the and well, I, I, you know you can say that both Corpse Grinder and Gris Barnes are just but they are vastly different vocalists with vastly different styles you know well hey you know I, I remember and I know this is Chris Barnes's ego but he's actually not wrong he said one time he liked that they hired Corpse Grinder because he's like I loved that they hired a guy who can't do what I do in fairness he can't yeah, well, I would I would make the case that he's a thousand times better than Barnes. I was gonna say George isn't gonna go up there and go, Well, but I mean, you know, dude, George does not sing stripped, raped, and sangle, strangled like Barnes did. And dude, Barnes is I mean, come on, dude, he's awesome on that song. Uh he doesn't he doesn't do those songs like Chris did. He doesn't. He, he makes a lot of changes. My, my point is this. Vile to me is just one of those. Yeah, you could when you know what was going on when they recorded it, you can kind of hear it. And a great piece of evidence is all you got to do is listen to Gallery of Suicide, which is the record after it, which is a flipping masterpiece of a record, by the way. And again, we'll get back to Bloodthirst. But dude, Gallery of Suicide is a just that's a nut crushing adventure from start to finish. You know what I mean? Like it's a it's a great record. It's a great record. Bloodthirst is better, but that not by much. Um, but my point is, there was a song on Vile, okay? Um, actually, there were two. The song that made me, like, go, oh, was the song Perverse Suffering. That little part. And I'm watching Alex do this, like, the tapping thing on the bass, and I just remember going, dude, that is cool. Like, not so much the song Perverse Suffering. Just that part, the it's just, it's really cool, but and, and then the song on the, the one song on Vial that I really liked then and I still like it is Mummified and Barbed Wire. I think is an awesome song. So anyway, that's what kind of got me thinking. You know, I'll put it this way: that's what warmed me up to Corpse with Corpse Grinder, and that's what made me go buy 
Bloodthirst, but I had never heard it when I bought it, which brings us to the story you're going to tell about the day I bought it. But I'm just giving the story of why I bought it. It wasn't, I was like, well, you know, I really liked that video that, 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 that George did and Mummified and Barb's Wire is kind of a cool song. Maybe this record's going to be cool. Anyway, continue with the rest of the story now. No, I remember we just put on Bloodthirst and we're like, whoa. And it, like, it's just, you know, with Pounded and it just, it's just like, it was an album that started off like really, really cool. Um, you know, and, and it, it, I don't know, there's just something about it. And yes, I know like I Will Kill You and, you know, um, um, what's the first track on Vile? I'm having a brain hiccup. It's been a long time. On, on what, day. what, what, on Vile? On Vile? Yeah. Uh, Devoured, Devoured by, by Vermin. Vermin. Devoured by Vermin, and, you know, yeah. Devoured by Vermin is a cool song that sounds better elsewhere but yeah. dude that that was the song though that um that kind of put okay so actually you know what's funny what what they what george did on this record is like what they did with scott travis on painkiller or like what they did with, with paul on divine intervention what they did with nico on um on uh peace of mind think about that right think about the way divine intervention starts think about the way um painkiller starts right and then you go back to iron maiden and you look at peace of mind how do they start all three of those records they had a new drummer and they had the album start with check out how awesome our new drummer is right I mean, Divine Intervention, dude, that uh, Killing Fields, dude, come on, that drum intro is awesome. They they did the same thing with Corpse Grinder on 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 uh, on Vile, because you know the way that song starts starts, doom, 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 and he gives that like ridiculously long scream in that song, um, which I just thought was they they're like, okay, how can we in five seconds prove that this guy's pretty awesome? Um, and they, they did it in vile, but the song itself, again, it's not, do, do I think devoured by vermin is, I, you know what we've done those, we've done those things where we talk about like, what would be a playlist we'd want from a band? It wouldn't be on mine. Honest question. Would any song off of vile be on your playlist? Thank you for making a cannibal corpse. Like maybe playlist? devoured by vermin. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I mean, I like Mummified and Barbed Wire if I have to pick that record. I, 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 well, Mummified and Barbed Wire, I do like the vocal. Mummified and Barbed Wire. Like, I think that's cool. Um, I don't remember what half that record sounds like. I know Devoured by Vermin, Mummified and Barbed Wire, Perverse Suffering, and I remember the song Monolith. I don't think I can recall... The rest of that album. In fairness, though, dude, that happens to me a lot with Cannibal Corpse. I hate saying that, but Cannibal Corpse is a band that just always has a ton of songs that if you play them, I'll go, oh, yeah, that one's really cool. But I'm terrible at remembering which is which. Um, uh, with the exception of Bloodthirst, I, could pr I can remember what... Off the top of my head, I probably can remember what like eight or nine songs off it are. 
There's a couple I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember what sickening metamorphosis and condemned agony sound like. Like, if I were to click play on the record, it would take me two seconds to remember what they are. Um, you were always into um, Coffin Feeder. Yeah, I'm bloodthirst, yeah. Yeah, I remember... Um, um, I also like the spine splitter. Yeah, yeah. That the bridge riff for the spine splitter. I love that. I love that. Dude, that's actually the best part of the whole record. I'm serious. That that it's so. It's that's so cool. That that riff actually that riff takes me back. Like that's a riff that I can see being on like the bleeding. Which, which I, I just think that's super cool the way they do that. It, it reminds me of something on the. I like uh, hacksaw uh, decapitation too. I do. I, slaughter. Blowtorch slaughter is great. Um, clearly. Oh my you know, god! Pat, Clear, clearly written by Pat. <laughs> clearly written by Pat O'Brien. Had to have been. Um, uh, he gets excited I mean, anytime he can talk about his blowtorches. I love. I dude ecstasy and decay. Ecstasy and decay. I love that too. That's awesome. Um, I haven't listened to this album since I got it on vinyl a few years ago. I, ugh, dude, I hate myself when I say this. Okay, dude, we're talking about Cannibal Corpse. Hey, it's, it's just, this is a Halloween show, right? Dude, come on. Uh, Cannibal Corpse is totally a great band to talk about right now. And, and I know we've talked about them a bunch in the past, but I don't care. We're talking about them now. Because actually, I listened to a bunch of Cannibal Corpse this week. It was in kind of a Cannibal Corpse mood. So it's, it's interesting that we went there. I didn't mean to, but it's interesting we went there. Let me explain to you my listening habits when I listen to Cannibal Corpse, and I hate myself for saying this. I listen to Eaten Back to Life because I love the record. I generally don't listen to Butchered at Birth. Oh, man. I love Gutted. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not saying there's not songs on it, I like Vomit but, the Soul, too, dude. Vomit the Soul, in my opinion, is one of Chris Barnes' best vocal songs. My my problem, you know my problem with Butchered at Birth is? It's that record that I just, I skip it because I want to get to the next one. My biggest problem with Butchered at Birth is that it was recorded like crap. It, it, Eating Back to Life sounds cool. Butchered at Birth sounds like they recorded it on a four track. Yeah, that, that might be why. But I can tell you, I start playing Butchered at Birth, and I start listening, and I'm just like... Nah, and I just want to put on Tomb of the Mutilated. Because Tomb of the Mutilated is just way better. <laughs> um, but, I mean, Tomb of the Mutilated, got to realize, it, it's 1992 when Tomb of the Mutilated came out. How much death metal really rivaled it at that time? You know? Um, there wasn't all that much. There, there wasn't all that much else to choose from either. You know? Um... So, I mean, Tomb of the Mutilated, 92, like, you come on. You just like Tomb of the Mutilated because there's boobs on the cover. Well, I mean, yes. even though they're kind of, like, gross mangled, like, <laughs> it's the principle of the thing for you. It's, it is the, it, it is the, hey, dude, it's, I, I was, I was trying to tell you that I liked Gallery of Suicide because it's a good album, but it's really just because of boobies. <laughs> um, it, it's got, it, it's definitely got the boobies on the cover. It's funny because um, one of the best songs on Tomb of the Mutilated, you can't even say. On the show, actually, you can't really say any of the best I was songs say, on that record, except for "Hammer Smash Face." That's about it. You mean ICB and Addicted to and and Trails ripped. And, uh, ICB is a cool. <laughs> ICB is a really cool damn song. Yeah, well, 
you ever see the video where George uh, George introduces it and the security guards in the front yeah. row are just yeah. like, what? Like, yeah, it's like, that, that, it's, it's, it's a whole bunch of dudes who you can tell have never seen Cannibal Corpse. I mean, only because of their reaction. But, you know, he says, this song is about shooting blood out of here, you know, whatever. And every, like, this one security guard in the front row, just his eyes get really big. And he kind of just, like, turns to the guy next to him, like, did I just what? really hear that? <laughs> like, what the hell? Yeah. Dude, Tomb of the Mutilated has two of the three songs that Cannibal Corpse will always play. They will always play that, and they'll always play Hammer Smash Face. Like, those are... Um, Hammer Smash Face, because it's legitimately, it was their most well-known song. Um, it's got a great riff, too. ICB, the song we just mentioned, it is such a staple song for, I mean, it's a big song anyway, but it's such a staple song for George, because it's the song that he challenges the crowd to headbang with him. It's not going anywhere. Drip Draped and Strangled is pretty much generally not going anywhere either on the on the list. Um, but so, though, dude, I listened to Term of the Mutilated. I listened to The Bleeding. Actually, Bleeding. You know, you know what my favorite song of The Bleeding is? Pickaxe Murders. I was going to say Pickaxe Murders, yeah. I mean, we all know the name, the best name of a song on there. <laughs> we know the best name of any song. The best Cannibal Corpse name of any Cannibal Corpse song no. is on The Bleeding. It's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. What, what what's better? Sanded faceless. No. Yes. No. Yes. The best cannibal corpse song name is A. She was asking for it. <laughs> I also like force fed broken glass. Too. Yeah, no, dude. <laughs> she was asking for it. It's just so funny it's, to me. It, you know, you know what's really funny about this album it, is this album. You could tell they released this album. and They're like, I think we went too far in a certain direction. <laughs> well, that's. Dude, if you look at if you look at Vile, the reason I mean there were two reasons why Barnes left the band, and this is a story from both sides. The, the the two sides are in agreement on this. It's that number one, the band had not gotten the band stopped getting along at Butchered at Birth. Um Scott Burns will say that. You know, I saw Scott Burns in that documentary. He flat out says the band, meaning the guys in the band and then Chris Barnes on the other side, started having problems at Butchers at Birth. Like they were, they went from being best friends to having problems at those days. But the band didn't like Barnes's lyrics and his vocals. And Barnes didn't want to, he didn't want to do lyrics that someone else wrote. So part of it was his vocals, but the band did not want his lyrics on vile. And I don't think I've ever read the lyrics that he wrote. Um, have you ever read them? Like, ever looked at them? No, I have not. On the um, uh, Created a Kills, that what it's I called? don't know if they've ever released them. Um, yeah, I don't know. Is that what it's called, Created a Kill? Yes. Um, they, the band didn't want his lyrics. And Barnes said, he's like, and I don't blame Barnes. I mean, you're the vocalist. You've always written the lyrics. And he's like, I don't want to, I don't want to sing, or, you know, whatever he says sing. <laughs> but he's like, I don't want to sing what other people are thinking and feeling. I want to sing what I'm thinking and feeling. When I sing, and, I want it to be me. <laughs> me. But he does make a point. He's like, dude, I, I 
don't play in a death metal band to have to follow rules. You know yeah. what I mean? And I, I, you know what? Hey, dude, I totally, I get it. But I don't think the, I think the band has always been totally cool with all their lyrics and themes. But the bleeding is their one album that the band. I'm. There's a reason why the band never wrote lyrics like the bleeding ever again. Yeah, you know that that's the there's thing. There's no song on any album after the bleeding about the topics that are on the bleeding. Well, at least not like not that that aren't like over the top. Like, because I mean, there there is like there is on 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 uh, um um blood throws raped by the beast. But like again, that's like. You yeah, know, the, the, but the songs a- like the songs are on the bleeding. We've we've kind of talked about this before. We where, did a long time ago. Yeah, but, a long know. time ago we talked about the bleeding, and you know, I understand death metal. I understand death metal is controversial. I understand death metal is meant to be controversial. I understand that it's not supposed to be like, ooh, we can't talk about that. Ooh, we can't sing about that. I also understand it's all fantasy, obviously. But on the other hand, it's like one of those things where it's like it's like it's like in a horror movie, you know, you can watch literally somebody like get ripped apart in a horror movie and be like, oh, OK. But when you watch something that's a little too real, you know what I mean? Like it, it's, yeah. w- w- it's you know, seeing Jason Voorhees tear someone's head off or punch through somebody and rip their heart out. It's like, oh, yeah, hey, that was that was neat. But if to see somebody like have something happen to them that you know is happening somewhere like you know it's one of those well, things where where it, it's it's kind of like the, the yeah, well, like let me say this the exaggerated it, if you exaggerate it it's like like most of the cannibal corpses lyrics it's like oh okay well it's it's obviously fantasy but then when you kind of like bring it down to a level of where wow that that stuff kind of happens every day and and it's and it's really kind of messed up when it does happen it's well you know what I mean? Like it'd be like I don't even want to say what I was gonna say actually. But well, go actually, ahead. I, I, I can give you a, a a really like not controversial example. I will be honest with you, and I've seen, uh, dude. I haven't seen a lot of a lot of horror movies that have come out in the last fifteen years. But let's go back to the slasher genre. I've seen a whole buttload of them. You've seen more than I have, but I've seen all the major ones. You know, I, I've seen all the ones that Blockbuster would have had on the shelf. You know what I mean? Like, I've seen them. And there are things, there are episodes of Law & Order SVU that are much more difficult to watch. Do you know what I mean? Like, there yeah. are episodes, and I, and I watched every episode of Law & Order, or of, of SVU for like 13 or 14 seasons. There are, and like, dude, I'm with you. I can watch Jason, like, you know, gut someone open and not care and then you watch it. There are some episodes of SVU where you're like, man, this is kind of effed up. And it's typically because they're they're very realistic and often based off of something that really happened. Um, and I'm not saying I was disturbed watching it, but it's an easy example. I mean, that show is harder to watch than most horror movies. Um, no, that's what I mean. Like it's, it's the, the bleeding was not. Yeah, it did not come across like a fantasy. Well, that's what I mean. It's and or a, yes, or a, I I know Chris Barnes isn't actually doing any of this stuff. That's not what we mean by it's not coming across as a fantasy. But I'm saying like I understand the goal was we need to push no, I, the envelope yeah. and really bother people by our lyrics, and the gore is just not doing it. So let's do something we know you is going to bother people. There, yeah, you know what? I'll say this though too. There was also a difference between. Let's put out something 
that the kids are going to want to listen to that's going to piss off their parents. And let's put out something that is just going to, that's going to disturb everyone. There's a difference there, you know, because I know it's, it's totally not this generation now. This generation is soft. But for generations before this, every all the generations before this, you know, Gen 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 X, oh, especially Gen X, ooh, especially Gen X, um, you know, you you wanted to listen to albums that your parents didn't want you to listen to, you know, it's like when Nikki Six when you know when when everybody was against the the music industry putting parental advisories on their CDs, Nikki Six was like, hell yeah, slap them on there, make them bigger. All you're doing is putting a sticker on our records that tells kids buy us, you know. So that was definitely there. And with the with the earlier Cannibal Corpse records, I mean, dudes were walking into us. Well, I'll also say this though: uh, Cannibal Corpse got signed because they had a song called "A Skull Full of Maggots" on a demo. That's a true story. Brian Slagle signed them. Because he said any band with a song called A Skull Full of Maggots should be on Metal Blade. Okay? Knew nothing about them. As a as a teenage metalhead, let's be fair about the three about the two of us. If you walked up and you saw Eaten Back to Life or Butchered at Birth or Tomb of the Mutilated, and you saw a song called Hammer Smashed Face, you're gonna go like, dude, I gotta hear this. Like, this is awesome. The, the bleeding has stuff on it that most people be like, I'm going to put that back. <laughs> you know, it just does. It, it does. And, and dude, and, I, and I'll flat out say, I love the record. I love the record. And it, it's because it's take the lyric content out of it. It's a brilliant album. It's a really good album. And Barnes does a great job on it. He really honestly does a great job on the record. I mean, a song like strip draped and strangled, you can actually understand pretty much every word he says, maybe not everywhere, but you can understand them. And his vocals were 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 great, and I I don't I don't compliment Barnes all that often, but I will gladly compliment what he did on that record. I think it's it's classic, and they're dude. But again, stripped, raped, and strangled. Look at that, so dude. How great of a song is that? It's a great song, legitimately a great song. But again, it's it, it's also like one area of lyrical content that most other bands wouldn't go. It's you know what I'm saying? It's it's the it's the one area where most people won't go. Hey, how many people do you know that fall into this category? They can watch anything disturbing in a horror movie. They could watch 10,000 people be slaughtered in every creative way you can think of. But if there's any scene with someone killing an animal, they won't watch it. Like I have friends of mine who will not watch John Wick. Because the dog gets killed off camera. I'm like, dude, it's not even on camera. I'll hear it. Yeah, but I can't watch it because I, I, I know that in the story, the puppy gets killed. Yeah, you know, I got to be but, honest But, but with John you. Wick goes and kills 200 people in the movie. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm actually kind of the same way. I, I can't watch, like, I can't watch something where something happens to a kid. No, I don't mean like the kid has a bad day at school. I mean, if something like happens where a kid, you know, is murdered or something like that or, or anything, I like when you talk about SVU, 
I, whenever I watch that and it's like a kid, something happens, like I actually get visibly angry and it like bothers me. It's it's one of those things, and it's not like I can't watch a movie. Like so, it's like oh, that something bad happens to a kid in that movie. I can't. It's not like it, it's not like in uh, My Girl when Macaulay Culkin dies at the end. I'm like oh, I can't watch this. But you know, you know what I mean. Like at the end of Macaulay, at the end of that movie, you're just like, oh my god, thank god this movie's over. <laughs> Sorry, that movie sucks. I, I know, so I know, bad. but I, you know what I mean. I like I'm mean. talking about like when something like awful happens to like a, a kid. You know, like aside from like a plane crash, how, car accident, you know what? whatever. How are you with? How are you with like Pet Cemetery then? Uh well, see, but that's like an accident. It's not like it, it, see, that's an accident. It's not okay. like someone threw him in front I, of the truck. You know what I mean? You know what? I will say this though, man. One of the only scenes of a horror movie, movie that makes it go, oh god, that is when he gets stabbed in the the Achilles heel. No, no, it's worse than that. He doesn't get stabbed. He takes no, he a scalpel sliced. and cuts. Yeah, it's all. Oh, I can't watch it. I cannot yeah, watch that scalpel scene. sliced. Every- Dude, I can watch Jason Voorhees can do. There is nothing that Jason or Freddy or any of them did to anybody that is as freaky as getting a scalpel across the Achilles heel. No, I, I seriously, I, I, I know when that part's coming every time, and I look away. Like, look, you can call me a wuss all you want, but everybody's got their thing. There's two things that bother me. Achilles tendon stuff and eyeball stuff. Anything else I'm cool with. But in a movie, if someone gets something through their eye um, or if somebody gets the Achilles done, I it makes me cringe. Um, and I guess, you know, that's the point of a lot of that stuff is, you know. But anyways, back to what I was saying. Like, So I get, like, you know, going back to what we were talking about originally with Cannibal Corpse and stuff like that. Look, I don't. I don't think anybody is like ever, ever. Well, I, I don't know anybody that has said, "Oh, I, I can't listen to the bleeding," including myself. Like, I, who can't listen to the bleeding? But I also understand that. Again, we haven't seen lyrics like this. Now, that could just be because that's not what Corpse Grinder wants to write. That could very well be. Well, it. Corpse Grinder doesn't even write lyrics all that often compared to the other guys. Well, yeah, I get, yeah, but I'm saying like, well, but that's the point. Oh, you know, Alex that that might not be what Corpse Grinder, Alex Webster, and everybody else wants to write. That. You know, they they maybe you know that must have been a Barnes thing or whatever. But you oh, know, it was say, it was one hundred percent a Barnes. Well, thing. but I, I but what my point? Well, my point. I don't mean that he wrote the lyrics. Yes, but I'm saying like mm-hmm. I don't think it was like well the band's like oh let's continue on with this theme. I and I don't know if the band even looked at the bleeding and said well we shouldn't do that as much as it was just like that's not what we write about. You know, because again, like, you know, I think Cannibal Corpse is like a you know I. When we, you know, I was re- I read Cannibal Corpse's like biography. I can't remember what it's called. Metal Blade released it. You know, it has all those things. And you and I used to joke around that they probably sit around laughing and making up this over the top crap. Like, oh, dude, dude, you ever like sand something and you like hit your finger and it like hurts? Yeah, man, that sucks. That hurts. We should write a song called like you know sanded skin or something. And the guy's like, dude, what if your face got sanded off? Oh yeah, that's what we're gonna do. Sanded faceless. You know, like. And, and what's funny is, you know, what's funny is, like, I read the biography, and that's literally exactly how it goes. <laughs> like, um, Pat O'Brien used to hang doors when he wasn't touring, and he was sanding something, and he was mad at his boss one day, and he was belt sanding a door, and he goes, I'd like to sand that guy's face off. Oh, that'd be a cool song title. <laughs> like, that's like, so... Again, it's like this over-the-top stuff that they're like singing, like so well, singing, you know, doing writing about and stuff like that. And uh, you know, so at the same time, there is some tongue-in-cheek aspect of it. There is like same thing with like watching a Friday the Thirteenth and somebody gets their head twisted off. There's a part of you that goes, "Oh, that was awesome." I I don't know if I've ever seen somebody, you know, 
yeah, I don't know if I've ever seen somebody get attacked in the way that a lot of the bleeding has happened, and somebody on screen goes, oh, that was awesome. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Jason Voorhees, you know, or Freddy Krueger, like, you know, slashes somebody's face off. You're like, oh, dude, that was so cool. Some guy, like, you know, attacks a, a woman in a movie. I don't think very many people are like, oh, that was so cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like... That's what I'm saying, you know. So I, I think. Well, can I can I say this? I by think the that's way? like death metal. Death metal. I, I, I just want to finish this thing, and then I think like, I think that's the thing about death metal. We all know it's like a cartoon, like. And yes, I know there's bands out there that take it seriously. Meaning, I know there's bands out there that are like, no, what I write about is about the suffering of the human condition, and no. But there's a lot of bands out there I think that are mostly like Cannibal Corpse. Like you can't tell me Obituary, who basically is now a walking joke, and I mean that in the best way. I don't mean the band is a joke. I mean they just have a blast in all their videos and on stage. You can't tell me that they're taking any of this seriously. All right, so I just sent you in a text. Yeah, I saw it. The, the lyrics to "Created to Kill." Yeah, I see why the band where the band doesn't write songs like this. <clears throat> the skin is peeled off of my, you know, done with a razor blade. She begins to suck blood and you know, amok. She rips off my blank with her teeth, masticating, gnawing and chewing the stump. Like, I mean, yeah, like it's a lot of. Yeah, OK. Like, I can see the band did not write lyrics like those Dude, again. I, what the heck is this guy into? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, Dude, come on. Uh, she wants today, blank, she wants to spray. I mean, like, it's like, kind of stupid. You know, you know like, it, it, it's dumb and it's over the top, but like, you know, I don't know. my scrotum in a vice, tightens forcefully. I mean, come on. I mean, I, I kind of, uh, in a way, I'm kind of like, okay. <laughs> he hands those lyrics. He, he's like, hey, you know, his girlfriend comes in. Chris, what are you working on? I'm writing a new song. She peeks over his shoulder and goes, look, I don't know what you got planned tonight, but count me out. <laughs> no, I, I could just, you know, imagine, imagine it's like, hey, honey, uh, can you help me with this? I'm trying to, what rhymes with, what rhymes with stump? You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, use it in a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Licks my scrotum in a vice, tightens forcefully. I'm surprised he didn't use the word dump in there with the way this song's oh going. My God. <laughs> I know. The skin is peeled off my, mm, done with a razor blade. I mean, come on. All right. Dude, if I, I'll be honest with you, though. Like, if I was Paul or Alex and Barnes walks in with those lyrics, I'd look right at him and go, uh-uh. Okay, I'd no, look right at him and go, this is stupid. Like, this isn't even disturbing. It's just dumb. Well, I, 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 I completely agree. Um, like, disfigured like, is horrible too. No, I, and that's what I mean. Like, you know, but it, the crazy I despise what I see in the mirror. Sadistic, hateful scum. Uh, I kill them, but it's myself I hate. Like, yeah, I, it, it's, it's, these are, these are. He's probably singing about his dreadlocks. Um, <laughs> I mean, uh, no, I. I look, I and uh, look, I and that's like, the thing. No, I'm, I'm saying I agree. I get it. And that's the thing that sucks is created to kill. He did great vocals on that. On oh, that he demo. did great vocals on it. Like I really, I, I really, really, I actually own a bootleg of it on vinyl, and it sounds spectacular. Um, truthfully and honestly, I, yeah, you're right. Yeah, and I will say this. Look, I don't think I have ever listened to a Cannibal Corpse album for the lyrics. I've, I don't think I've oh, ever yeah, listened either. to a Cannibal Corpse album saying, "Ooh, oh, I wonder what cor where Corpse Grinders run." I could not. 
sing along with anything but the most basic of like, you know, dead human collection. I know, dead, I want to be one of the dead. You know, I know that like, and, and that's because Corpse Grinder enunciates more so than Barnes. But like, truthfully and honestly, I can barely, you know, I think I know like, they think they know who I am. All they know is I like, but you know, generally speaking, I, uh, I listen to Cannibal Corpse for the musicianship and like for the, the music, not necessarily for the, you know, insightful lyrics. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's not, it's, you know, it's not Robert Frost, you know, and I, <laughs> it's <laughs> not Robert Frost. <laughs> Two roads diverged to yellow, yellow wood. And sorry, I took out my razor blade. <laughs> And, and she blanked off my, you know, come on, you know, <laughs> two, blanks, ripped. two blanks diverged in a yellow wood with a razor blade. <laughs> <What's on? laughs> and be one traveler long I stood and looked down at the stump. <laughs> the stump. Oh God, it's so bad. <laughs> Oh man! All right, like I had actually never looked at those lyrics before. I had never looked at them. I never cared. Like that's the thing. I've, I, I don't, don't know either. if I've ever even read Cannibal Corpse's lyrics. I don't read. Look, their you lyrics, can call dude. me not a fan, dude. I've been listening to this band probably longer than I haven't been, and in my life, and like I, I, I don't. That's the thing. You listen. You've been to listening the, to them since the bleeding. Like I know yeah, you I, have. You were in middle school when you were listening to the. Ble- I mean, they weren't your favorite band by any means back then. But you had a friend who had the bleeding or vile, one of the two. Yeah, you know, I forget which one like, he had. I think he had the bleeding and then he got vile. But but bleeding. that's a thing. But that's a thing. Like and you know that's a thing. Like people listen to music for di- for different things. Like I know a ton of people who don't know a single word to any of the songs, but could tell you what the names of the tracks are. Who could tell you? Who could hum along? Like when I listen to music, and we've talked about this before. When I listen to music, I listen to the guitars. So, like, I could listen to an album with just completely, like, I could listen to an album with completely terrible lyrics, a terrible vocalist, but awesome guitar riffs. You know, some people, they can't, they could they could give a crap less what the guitar riff is saying. They're there for the poetry aspect of it. Like, they're into, like, the, 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 the incredible lyricists and, like, guys like Dio. You know, like, you know, there's guys who will say, I don't care what Dio's guitar player is doing. I'm here for Dio. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, I, I will I will say this. What's interesting about me is I there are bands where I know the wor- every word to a song but have never taken 10 cents, seconds to actually pay any attention to them. Well, yeah, like, you, you know what that song's about. You know what? I've never yeah. even thought about it. I mean, you know, yeah. because I, I don't. There's okay. There's exceptions, right? Every Rush album, I read the lyrics and think about them because Neil was a flipping. It, he was a genius lyric lyricist. He was a poet. There was always great stuff going on in those lyrics. He wrote so there are poems. He wrote poems. I mean, so there are bands who I pay a little more attention to the lyrics. But I'll be honest with you, man. It, more often than not. I don't sit and anal. I'll put it this way: I don't English teacher metal records. Well, you know, I, you know, I, I don't. Well, what does? What do you think they're? Um, what do you think they're? They're? They're trying to say here. What do I think they're trying to say here? I think he's trying to say he cut it off to a stump. That's lit. I don't really think you're thinking too much about. Yeah, this. Bar- Barnes wasn't writing. You know, uh, like oh, I think by stump he's talking about the human condition, and you know, like you know, it's like, but no, yeah, and and that's the thing, like. It, but, and the, there's there's a couple things too, you know. I look back on some like Nine Inch Nails. I could probably sing along to everything they've ever released ever. Um, but but those like that's the thing. When I listen to Trent, yes, I like the music. But for me, 
I loved his lyrics because at the time in my life when I was most into Nine Inch Nails, like those lyrics like got me through middle school. They got me through, you know, whatever. Um, you know, Pantera a lot the same way. Like, you know, Phil actually was a great lyricist. He, he, he would write he would write songs that like if you were feeling like crap that day and you put on a Pantera song, you could listen to Phil's lyrics and they were basically like stop feeling sorry for yourself, lift you know, get up off your butt and go do something. Like that's what Phil's a lot of Phil's lyrics were about. Yes, he wrote a lot of like, you know, Suicide No Part One and Suicide No Part Two and that kind of stuff and you know, but that's the thing. Like, there's lyrics. You know, lyrics can yeah, definitely. But those were real. Those were just as. Those were just as important from a. Write, writing songs that, despite, I mean, you wouldn't think of Pantera as a song as a band that would kind of hit you emotionally, but they did in a lot of ways. Well, and that's you know? what I mean. Like, you know, lyrics can hit you a few different ways. Sometimes when you're feeling like crap, you need to hear, listen to a song that's like, dude. Get up off your butt and go do something. Oh. And sometimes I like to when you listen, to listen sad bastard music. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes when you're feeling like crap, you need to listen to a song that's more like, "Dude, I feel like crap too." You know, what yeah, I mean? dude, like, I, it just, I, I it say just this depends. all the time, man. I go, I go to my dying bride because my day is never as bad as theirs. <laughs> you don't have maps of all your failures. You know, I mean, it's, <laughs> it sounds like I'm joking, but I mean, I am in the way I'm. I'm, I'm joking about how I'm saying it, but no, dude. Uh, yeah, my dying bride, like they're the wreckage of my flesh. You know, I cannot be like, dude, they have a song called I cannot be loved. You know, like it's, it's, uh, <laughs> and you're right. Like the map of all our failures. Um, uh, oh, <laughs> and my father left forever. Feel the misery. Dude, you, you. You got to walk away and go. I'm I, I'm fine now. Yeah, boy, I'm that guy's fine. boy, that guy's life sucks. Mine's not yeah. so bad. <laughs> wow, wow. I'm serious, dude. Uh, uh, my dying bride can snap me out of a funk. It is. It's crazy. No, I I'm, and, and I, I love so much of their. I love so much of their music. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm legitimately a gigantic fan of my dying bride. Um, have been since the late '90s. I I just I absolutely love everything that band has done. Especially since the dreadful hours, um, which uh, came out in 01. Uh, the 34.7888% completes a, uh, it's a weird record. It's got the whore, the cook, and the mother on it, which is an awesome song. But it's but, not their best record. But the one before it, like Gods of the Sun, is actually, I think, their best album. But, but I mean, but, you know, like, anyway, I, I mean, but like we were saying, I don't think anybody is going to like listen to Cannibal Corpse and get something out of it, aside from entertainment. Like nobody's. You know, you know, Nobody's listening to Mummified and Barbed Wire being like, yeah, man, I really needed to hear that today. I appreciate it. <laughs> you know the, fun, like, the funniest to me is if you ever listen to um, Barney Greenway uh, from Napalm Death, if you ever listen to him talk about his songs, like the guy will go off on a half an hour diatribe about the meaning behind one of his songs. And the song is like that, 30 seconds long. The, and, and the song is 30 seconds long, has three words, and you can't understand him anyway. And it's like it's so funny. I mean, well, Barney Barney Greenway is a fascinating guy who jogs very on intelligent, stage. very intelligent, very well read. You know, one of those guys that I don't care how I don't care how many years he was in school. I don't care if he graduated high school. I don't care. He's very well read, very intelligent. Um, you know, one of those guys. You know, he's a Henry Rollins. He's one of those guys where you don't have to agree with him to go. 
Well, I see your point. <laughs> and you th- and you clearly thought about it, you know. Oh yeah, um, I mean that's I, I mean Henry Rollins doesn't have he doesn't have college degrees. It doesn't matter. The guy reads a lot. He's really smart and he thinks a lot. That, and that's all that matters. My point is so dude, I don't listen to Napalm Death. I couldn't tell you what any of it's about. I don't care. And I actually part of me thinks it's a joke that he tries to pretend it means something. But in fairness, Napalm Death might be categorized as a death metal band, but can we be fair? They're a punk band in every other way. They're a they, they are well, completely they're grind. A, yeah, but I'm saying they're That's basically a grind is grind is like right. I, hardcore I just mean punk like, and death metal. Musically speaking, they're a grind death metal band, but they're a punk band in every other way. You know, their songs are super political. You know, they they they're just everything about them is a punk band in action. Um, they're just they're sonically a death grind band kind of. Um, but grindcore, oh, yeah. I don't know, but yeah, whatever you want to call it. At the end of the day. They're a different. They're a. They sound different, but they're basically a punk band, and and I and I mean that. You know, like, dude, you have a you, Barney will talk about. Like, I saw an interview one time where they're like, "How do you do? What kind of vocal warm ups do you do?" He goes, "I don't." And you know why he doesn't do vocal warm ups? Because he's like, he doesn't. He he doesn't think he should go on stage warmed up. He's like, because like he doesn't think he should be like it's supposed to be raw and you know they're one of those bands who wouldn't care if their guitar is out of tune. You know, they're they're which is a very punk way of thinking about things. And they're British, and I mean I and I, I totally get it. I mean, dude, look, I mean one of the one of the biggest songs they ever did was a Dead Kennedys cover. Yep. You know, I mean really. It was a huge song for them. But anyway, that, that's neither here nor there. Um but I'll be honest with you, man, I don't I don't look into lyrics very often. I really don't. I I read a lot of Fate's Warnings lyrics. I, I think their lyrics when John Arch was in the band are awesome, but they weren't deep. They were very they were very fantasy oriented and they were awesome. Ever since um well yeah, I mean parallels to an extent. Um Parallels had some really good lyrics in it. I I I I, I would say um but I will go as far as to say, since Inside Out, when their li- or when their lyrics started getting like deep. I mean, if you read the lyrics to Inside Out, like they're deep and they're super depressing. Pleasant Shade of Grey, same way. You know, like all their other albums after that are like super flipping depressing. Um, and uh, like, dude, I- I've said for a long time, like the light and shade of things from Theories of Flight is one of the best songs. Face warning ever read, and I read those lyrics, and I'm like, "Man, so yeah, I do. I admittedly, I do really pay attention to Fate's warning lyrics, um, but it's because that's what that band, that's a lot of what that band is. That, um, and they write a lot of really kind of depressing lyrics. You know, you know what? Interestingly, you always say that you're, <clears throat> you're always attracted to like. You're attracted to love stories. We've talked about this before. Um, albeit the tragic, tragic love stories. Love stories I, I that was what I mean. No, you're 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 attracted to the tragic love stories. I'm not sitting here reading like romance novels. <laughs> well, hey man, you know. Yes, yes, folks. In case you didn't know, Rex has an entire bookshelf of books, and every single one of them has Fabio on the cover. Yeah. I <laughs> yeah. also I also watch nothing but Hallmark movies ever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah with. 
<laughs> all, all this, all this talk of me watching Friday the Thirteenth is complete nonsense. It's all Hallmark movies. He has seen, he has seen every movie with Candace Cameron, all of them. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, I don't know if that's possible. And they're all about Christmas. And they're all about Christmas. And they're all about like finding God. <laughs> yeah, on Christmas. On Christmas. <laughs> and they're all on the Hallmark Channel. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, yeah, like, but see, I am, I am admittedly attracted to sad bastard lyrics. Like, I'm really attracted to sad bastard lyrics. Like, if you look at songs that I really like the lyrics, they're, they're not, they're not the tragic, you know, yours, yours are more the Phantom of the Opera, you know, tragic love story. The Crow, like that The Crow. Kind of I, the lyrics I like are, you know, My Dying Bride is a great example. Um, Fate's Warning is a is a great example. Like, I tend to like sad bastard lyrics. I just do. It, it's it's a... <clears throat> maybe it's because I'm a sad bastard. I don't know. I mean, in fact, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an old curmudgeon, really, more than anything else. Um, but, uh... <laughs> well, I am. What can I say? Um, you know, it's, it's funny. When I... Um, I've, I've talked to people all the time and they're, you know, I, I always try to tell them what famous person probably had the most impact on like my worldview. And George Carlin is really high, but there's actually one person above George Carlin. Dice. It's An- no, no, it's Andy <laughs> Rooney. Andy Rooney, his, his, he's a curmudgeon. He was like the most famous curmudgeon ever. You know, and I just remember growing up watching Andy Rooney on six at the end of 60 Minutes every week. And like as a little kid, I couldn't wait to watch him because he's just a curmudgeon that thought everything in the world was dumb. <laughs> you know, and everything was stupid and he hated all of it. Dude, that, I swear to God that, that, that Andy Rooney rubbed off on me more than anyone. And I don't mean that in a way that Vinny would get into it. I just mean, you know what I'm saying? Um, That was a horrible joke and I shouldn't have said it, but. Uh, yeah, no. So I don't know. So my point is I'm definitely, you know, part Andy Rooney without the gigantic eyelashes. Cause those were cr- actually, dude, if you want to talk about disturbing his eyelash or his, um, his eyebrows were disturbing, man. They were straight up disturbing, but, uh, yeah, the old curmudgeon rubs off on me. I'm definitely an old curmudgeon, but there's something about like ridiculously sad bastard lyrics. And of course I'm blanking on a really good example. Oh dude, I, I'll give you one. Um, like you, so, so if we're talking about like tragic love songs, right? Yours are going to be more like, um, you know, like you said, like the crow or, or, um, or, or something like that. For me, it's much more, um, uh, I'm trying to think, um, uh, brain not working it's um give me a second i'll tell you brain not cooperating with me today it's uh um um why is my brain not working it's uh give me the name of the song uh give me the name of the song come on you're around here somewhere um uh, it's love you to death by camelot you know like that song is like oh my god like those that's a song where the lyrics i love it you know that 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 is see that's the difference. That's not tragic love story as much as that's sad bastard love story. You know that's a straight up like that is that, that is a completely sad bastard song, and I love it. I love everything about that song. I could listen to it all day in constant repetition. Um, probably wouldn't it probably wouldn't be good if I did. 
<laughs> uh, love that song, by the way. Um, but yeah, man, I I do. Ah, uh, man, do I? I do. I do. I, something about seriously depressing. And I just call it sad bastard music, but seriously depressing music. I just think is awesome. And I, I I kind of always will. I mean, it's the same reason why I'm really into the band Paradise Lost. I mean, a lot of their stuff is just, you know, sad, depressing. And I like it. I I just, I don't know, man. It makes me happy. <laughs> it makes me happy. By the way, can we really quickly stop and do our picks of the week? Uh, okay. We we skipped this, and because I love the name of the movie you're referring to. I'm gonna let you talk about yours first, because I'm a big fan of the name of this of the name of this. So, um, I you know I love this time of year because of course everything Sunny horror Halloween costume every everything horror and scary and all that other stuff goes on sale. So I bought a bunch of Blu-rays. Um, you know they were on sale, and it, I had the greatest thing, and I know this is I'll get to the music in a second. Um, I, I there was a sale uh, uh, for Shout Factory, which you know they release a lot of the special edition Blu-rays for some of the you know old horror movies and stuff. And I missed the sale, and I was super angry. And I was like, oh, man, I, I like one of the one of the things I wanted was like twenty dollars cheaper or something like that. It was a collection of movies, anyway. And then I, I go on Amazon, and everything's on sale for less than I would have got it if I would have ordered it from the website, and I don't have to pay shipping. So it worked out for me. But one of the movies I ordered was Shocker. Wes Craven movie from uh, I think 1988-89 essentially it's uh you know this guy he's into like voodoo and black magic he's a murderer and he uh he makes a sacrifice to like the god of tv and trust me when I say this this sounds really cheesy and it is really cheesy but it's one of those movies where you you don't watch it expecting like a masterpiece of cinema you watch it expecting a popcorn movie that's a fun ride um, so it, and it's got Mitch Pale or Mitch Pileggi too, who's like the main killer, who's just awesome in that role. Uh, anyways, so you know he sacrificed and he get he gets the electric chair, and after that he kind of has the ability to like you know possess people, uh, like move around in bodies, and he can travel through electricity and all this other stuff. Uh, and, and you know there's more to it and things like that. But anyways, point being is that so that's why it's called Shocker. Anyways, the sound show I I. I remember how cool the soundtrack was because it was totally one of those soundtracks that um, it was a metal soundtrack. Like it was a lot of metal. Now, granted, again, it's '80s metal, so it's not you're not going to expect like you know um, you're not going to expect like you know uh, Pantera and stuff on there. Megadeth's on it with their cover of Alice Cooper's "No More Mr. Nice Guy." But two of the standout tracks are by a group called the Dudes of Wrath. Now, the Dudes of Wrath are not a real band; they're actually a super group. That's among others contains Desmond Child, who, if you don't know who Desmond Child is, if there was a hit song that came out of the '80s, he likely wrote it. Uh, and I, by hit song, I mean the biggest like, of the biggest. If songs. Bon Jovi wrote it. He didn't write it. Desmond Child did. Uh, he right. wrote songs for Kiss. Uh, he wrote songs for Alice Cooper. Like I mean, like if if there is a big gigantic hit song, like I think he wrote, uh, he wrote "Living on a Prayer." Right. You know I was going to say like, he wrote "Living on a Prayer." So every time you're in a bar and, and the entire bar starts going, whoa, we're halfway there. Yeah, that's actually Desmond Child who wrote that. 
Yeah, well, and wasn't Diane Warren on that song, too, in some way? Because she's the other person who wrote every other big song. I don't know. Anyways. But point being, he's on there, and he assembled a supergroup that contains Kane Roberts, who's the Rambo-looking guy from Alice Cooper's band at this time, Michael Anthony from Van Halen, Paul Stanley from Kiss, Rudy Sarzo from every band that needs a bass player, uh, Tommy Lee and Vivian Campbell. So... A, on the soundtrack, it has three songs by the Dudes of Wrath. The first is the title track, Shocker. Um, Michael Anthony and Kane Roberts do backup vocals. Paul Stanley does the main vocals. Vivian Campbell plays guitar. Tommy Lee and drums, etc. Um, then you have this other one called Shock Dance, which is Alice Cooper on vocals. I think Kane Roberts plays guitar, and I don't. It's 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 awesome. And then you know, have Dangerous Toys on there, which um, their song on here, Demon Bell, is. Uh, is is really a fun song and Me- Megadeth cover no more mr nice guy iggy pops on here it's just it's literally one of those like 80s horror movie soundtracks that's like rock and metal um i again not every song on here is aw- is like you know wow like knock your socks off but it is a fun soundtrack and it's a fun movie um it's a really like it's kind of one of those movies that's you you think it's going to be a typical slasher and then halfway through the movie it takes this really weird right turn and starts injecting a bunch of humor into it especially they have a fight when they're like jumping through different tv channels and like the whole time they're like you know the the killers like cracking jokes and you know and they're fighting it's just really it's a really if you haven't seen it see it See it with an open mind, understanding that you're going to watch a popcorn flick. You're not going to watch like a life-changing horror film. Anyway, so yeah, I, I I picked the Shocker soundtrack because the theme song is awesome. Megadeth's cover of No More Mr. Nice Guy is awesome. A couple of the other songs are really fun on there. Uh, I was listening to it last week, and you know it was fresh on my mind. I did not have time to listen to your pick yet because literally, it's it's the weekend. I have a lot of plans for Halloween, so I was out tonight. I did not have time to listen to your pick. I did not have time to listen to the new Elm Street. So those are still in my listen to queue. I still, I actually have a, a pile of like five or six or seven albums now in my listen to queue. I've just been so busy at work and having meetings that normally when I listen to music, I just haven't been able to. So um, hopefully I'll be able to clear that queue up, you know, in the next couple of weeks. But yeah, I, so I decided, you know, I needed a pick. I had been listening to the Shocker soundtrack, you know, in the rare times I can listen to music when I was working this week. So, uh, plus I also wanted to highlight the Dudes of Wrath because that's just a crazy lineup, and it's a it's it's a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, so Shocker soundtrack's my pick of the week. If you haven't seen the movie, check it out. I'm sure you can find it streaming somewhere. Um, and again, the soundtrack it's not going to change your life, but if you're into that whole '80s metal, like like I said, Alice Cooper. Uh, Megadeth around that it was just before they released Rust in Peace and uh, you know like Kiss and that kind of stuff you might dig some of the tracks off of it so there you go yeah man I agree it's it's totally cool and I you know I love the title um, because when you say shocker you know where I'm going especially uh, when Paul Stanley's going shocker shocker <laughs> and you just you just oh, pictured Gene getting his oil checked did you have to give me credit though I let you do that entire discussion Without once saying two in the pink, one in the stink. It I let you do that whole thing before I said that. Do you know how hard that is for me to hold that back? Yes. That's 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 so hard for me. Shocker. I do. I know. I haven't seen that movie in a million years. It's so fun. Um, I just I, they're, I, they're I just love how they're they're fighting through TV and the channels keep changing. And like the stupid like I said, it just gets funny. 
So like finally they they get on a news desk and they the guy punches the hero like the main character who's like the hero the killer punches him and then he just looks over at the news guy grabs his papers and goes and that's the way it is and just like runs off camera <laughs> it's just like stupid <laughs> stuff like that it's just I don't know I love like one of my favorite genres is horror comedy so like anytime like you know Evil Dead Two Army of Darkness like those types of movies yes I like straight horror even Friday Thirteenth Part Six. Like anytime they in, in, inject a little bit of humor, because again, when you're talking about things that are that over the top, you have to laugh at it a lot of times. Sometimes it's intentional, sometimes it's not. Well, but I I like I like horror movies that are more fun. Yeah, that's what and I mean. Humorous. Um, I mean, dude, like Child's Play Three is total garbage. <laughs> it's garbage, but it has some of my favorite Chucky lines in it. <laughs> you know, don't f with the Chuck. Um, not in two. No, uh, I'm trying to. Oh no, when he's like, "You've got to be kidding me!" No, don't f with the Chuck is in three as well, because um, it's got that one. It's and then it's got um, Andrew Robinson, uh, who um, you might remember from Hellraiser, but most importantly, he was Garak on Deep Space Nine, um, who was just a simple tailor. He uh, he play, he plays the barber, who's just awesome. Presto, I mean, that, you're bald. It, that movie sucks in every way, except like, it has some great lines in it. By the way, dude, I looked up the name of the movie, and I said, you know, two in the pink, one in the stink. Dude, I saw one that said two in the thoughts and one in the prayers, and I was like, oh, my God, that's awesome. <laughs> I don't know why I find that hilarious, but that totally made my day. Whoever wrote that, you're clearly awesome. Um, but, no, I mean, I'll, 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 I was actually started. I was watching uh, Leprechaun 2 last night. Uh, and I'm glad we mentioned this because I was like, man, I was watching something yesterday. What the hell? You're looking good. I I was watching. I was watching. Well, Leprechaun, dude, the two and three are way better than one. Drink if you can. Drink if you're able. But drink with me, and you'll be under the table. I think that's from three. Is that from three or is that? It's I, been a while. I, I I confuse two and three in my head right now. That line. Uh, was my college go-to. Like, I know you used to go, Hooters, 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 yum, 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 Hooters, Hooters, Hooters on a girl that's dumb. That was Al Bundy who's, who said that originally. My thing was always, drink if you can, drink if you're able, but drink with me and you'll be under the table. <laughs> yeah, and he's probably not kidding either. Um, <laughs> uh, no, dude, I, I oh, man, two and three. One is, dude, one is just Jennifer Aniston's in it. But I suddenly want flapjacks. Anyways, continue. Yeah, yeah. No, we were talking about how she's, dude, she's got a set of Aunt Jemima's and it's just not a good thing. You know, I mean, she does. She's got a set of Aunt Jemima's. Dude, I'm sorry, but we I, we compliment horror movie boobies all the time. And Jennifer Aniston is one of the few times I'm like, dude, I'm so glad you kept your shirt on. Because had you taken it off, you would have just ruined everything for everybody. Um, And I'm not wrong. Not that I've seen them in person, but you can Google it. There's some some paparazzi got some photos, and yeah, yeah, they're ooh, uh, yeah, yeah. Let's just say she would she would keep maple syrup companies in business. Uh, <laughs> I just like saying flapjack. Yeah, I, well, I, I <laughs> That's like one saying of my favorite words. Flapjack. Yeah, you're, you're flipping flapjacks. <laughs> I just it's like it's one of those words that just cracks me up, and I have no idea why. Like, dude. What do you want for breakfast? Flapjacks. <laughs> I want some flapjacks. Like, well, because it sounds like you're whacking it. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I guess it's not. I don't know. It's just fucking scary. What do you want to do this morning? What do you want to do this morning? Flapjack. You know, I mean, flapjacks. 
What'd you What'd you have for breakfast? Flapjacks. <laughs> Anyways, continue. And oh, enough, of, enough of my stupidity. Continue. Oh man, no, it's it's okay. Um, but now one is kind of crappy, but two and three are awesome. They are, but they're also fun. I mean, dude, come on. You, you would not watch the Leprechaun movies thinking there's going to be something scary about them. Like, you watch them because you think they're going to be funny. Like, at least Child's Play, yeah, Chucky was funny, but you could watch that movie as, like, it's going to be scary. But you're not watching even the first Leprechaun thinking it's going to be scary. You're watching it being like, oh, that's going to be funny. It's, you know, you know another movie with an all-rock soundtrack that's, in my opinion, it gets crapped on all the time, but I still think it's a fun movie, is Maximum Overdrive. Well, it's it's because the machine kept calling him an a-hole. Yeah, honey, the machine called me an a-hole. <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. I, I, I just, I, 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 I also love the scene where the, the guy's like looking at the pop machine and it just starts shooting sodas at him. Like, the coach gets like, cracked in the it's just that's what i'm talking about it's like that over-the-top ridiculousness um well, and, they, and again, by the way though, the all rock soundtrack acdc did the entire soundtrack that was who made who the who made who album is technically the soundtrack to maximum overdrive even though they didn't brand it as such probably to their benefit because the movie yeah, bombed and bombed hard but the album did really well well it's because stephen king movies are better than his books I know that 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 ticks off every Stephen King fan out there, but since I'm not one, I have no problem saying I'd much rather I disagree, watch his movies or miniseries way more than any of his books. I disagree. I think ah, that, you can disagree all the time, but his except books for are John just, Carpenter's Christine, which is one of my favorite movies of all time, I just I just can't do his. I don't know something about his writing style. I never liked it. See, I, um, I really like his writing style, but ah, I, I, well, I, I like it in certain. Dark Dark Tower, I can't stomach at all. Oh, well, the I, Dark Tower is just garbage. Shining and I'm sorry and like, likes it. It I like um, Tommy Knockers I like Christine I liked, but I nothing like nothing will beat. So this is where I live. This is where you live, huh? <laughs> yeah. No, I did. I liked Carrie. I I did like Carrie. Um, but it, it's neither here nor there. My my uh, um, yeah. No, Maximum Overdrive is just fun. I I will always like it. So let me let me throw out my pick of the week real quick. Um, I will admit to you, I only heard the first half of the record, but I'm I'm pretty sure the second half of the record is not gonna take any major directional changes and i'm willing to bet you that the second half of this record sounds a lot like the first and i say that because uh the album sounds a lot like their last one which sounded a lot like the one before that and the one before that uh yeah and i and i uh, i'm pretty confident that i'd <laughs> i'm pretty confident i don't have to finish the record to get an opinion on it is um is what I mean, and again, don't don't take that in a negative way, but dude, at least since Macabre Eternal, their records have been just on point, and I'm referring to the band Autopsy. I hadn't said that yet. Um, seriously, Macabre Eternal, Tourniquets, Hacksaws, and Graves, Morbidity Triumphant, like those are three killer albums in a row. Like really, really good albums in a row. And this album is called Ashes, Organs, Bloods, and Crypts. By the way, I love that name. I think it's hilarious. Honestly, I, I love the name of this album because, you know, Ashes, Organs, Blood, and Crypts. Like, you can't tell me that's not a little joke at, like, the, you know, the two rival gangs. You know, the Bloods and the Crypts. You can't tell me that's not on purpose. And I think it's hilarious. 
And the reason I think it's hilarious is because when I hear and, – and, dude, look, man, I am aware that if you're not from the United States, you don't know what it is, there are two very notorious – the Bloods and the Crips are very notorious street gangs in the United States with tens of thousands of members do a whole bunch of horrible things. Um, but back in the 90s – if you listened to rap, it was like the cool thing to try to like talk about those, and it was like the it, it was and it was as dumb as like. Do you remember when people? It, it and by the way, I need to clarify. We were in Erie, Pennsylvania, in high school, at a Catholic school, and there were guys we went to school with that would walk around being like West Side, you know, like it was all like they were. Dude, you and you know who I'm talking about. There was a guy in our class who walked with a limp and tried to tell us he lived in the ghetto and had been shot. And this was a guy whose dad was like a doctor and he went to a and he went to a private school. I just think so it, it, it but I just think of those guys that we went to high school with that were trying to be like super cool and the and 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 by the way these were like upper class white kids at a private school that were walking around trying to pretend they were like like you know G money and, you know like wasaid and they'd all talk about the bloods and the crips like they had any idea what the hell they were talking about they had no idea what they were talking about <laughs> i mean like oh god Dude, I, I cannot get the image of that guy walking walking down the hallways, like like grab half trying to grab his junk in his pants while he's walking, like, psh, psh, yo yo, I I and I'm like, dude, you are a you're a rich white kid in a Catholic school, like stop, <laughs> you do not live in the ghetto, you have not been ganged, you know what I mean? I don't know, this has nothing to do with anything, but when I when I saw the name of the record, it just made me think of that, and I laugh. I just laugh hard about some of the idiots we went to high school with. Um, <laughs> you know, I actually, I, mean, I don't even have a problem saying because I'm not. I don't, dude. I don't even know what his last name is. But this was a kid who tried, who wanted people to call him Doug the Thug. You know, <laughs> I'm like, what a tool! What a complete tool! And and if anybody's listening to this show that went to high school with me and knows what's up with Doug the Thug and wants to tell them that I'm making fun of him on my radio show. It's because I am, okay? <laughs> like, huh. I'll own that one. I will own that one. I will make fun of the kid who called himself Doug the Thug and pretended he had been ganked, you know, and was going to join the Bloods or something. Anyway, it's besides the point. Um, he, was as, he was as bad as the guys with lights under their cars. <laughs> oh, anyway. Um, but no, seriously, the new, the new autopsy. Ashes, organs, blood, and crypts. C-R-Y-P-T-S. Um, it's an awesome, it's an awesome, awesome record. It's exactly what you expect out of out of an autopsy record. The vocals, I I really, really like his vocals. I, I think um they, they've got a weird kind of gurgly sound. Um, but I've always said if you're gonna be a vocalist, don't be lazy. If you're gonna be in a death metal band and you're don't be a lazy vocalist, I don't think he's a lazy vocalist at all. But I've also always said, if you're not going to go and try to be really original about your vocals, 
you better be playing an instrument. Dude is doing it while he's playing drums. If his vocals were terrible, he would get a pass. I, I, I'm serious. He would get a pass for me if his vocals were way worse. When honestly, I actually, I like his vocals more than a lot of death metal bands. I do. I think they're awesome. And 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 like if I listened to the record, I wouldn't be like, ah, well, it's okay. Because, you know, I guess it's okay because he plays drums. So I'm going, dude, these vocals are awesome. Oh, and he's playing drums too? Awesome. But I mean, Chris has been around for a long time. I mean, dude, we're talking like first death album, <laughs> you know? What was it? The first one he played drums on? I think it was. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, Scream Bloody Gore. He, I'm pretty sure he played on Scream Bloody Gore. Uh, any anyway, man. Um, check out the new autopsy. If you know, if you're not in, if you, I don't know, man. There's a chance there's people who listen to the show that have never really given autopsy a chance. Um, they are definitely death metal, and they're, I mean, by today's standards, you know, there are. You know, what's that band with the pink-haired vaping guy? Um, that band who their singer vapes, and I can't Oh, Lorna Shore. Oh, yeah, Lorna Shore. Yeah, I'm sorry. The singer vapes. Right? You're a tool, all right? I don't care. They could be the greatest band in the entire world. I will not make fun of the band. But when I Googled the band, the first thing I saw was a picture of their singer vaping, and I went, oh, nope, he's vaping. <laughs> I can make fun of him. Um, I mean, compared to bands like that, Death metal bands from the 90s are not, if those are your standards, you will not consider those bands super heavy. Like, Cannibal Corpse is not heavy compared to those guys. If that's what you're used to, you're not going to be like, oh, these guys are crazy. Uh, So Autopsy is very, very 90s death metal um, on the faster side. You know, you had the the bands that were faster uh, with faster tempos, you know, your suffocations and bands like that. Then you had bands with slower tempos, your... Your, you know, your morbid angels, your obituaries, stuff like that. Your bolt throwers, uh, your six feet under, you know, whatever. A lot of bands like that. Um, Autopsy is definitely uh, a little, you know, a bit on the faster tempos, but they're they're just awesome. I, I it's a, a band I have a ton of respect for, and and really do. Um, I I liked. I'll, I'll say this. I liked Autopsy, but it was admittedly never. I was never really a fan of theirs. I I didn't I admit to not giving them much of a chance more than just in passing until Maccabi Eternal came out in 2011. So hey, you can make fun of me all you want to if you say it took you until 2011 to listen to, to really get an autopsy. Yes, it took me till 2011 to get an autopsy. But Maccabi Eternal is a brilliant album. It's really 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 good. And then Tourniquets, Hacksaws, and Graves came out a couple years later. And I, dude, they're they're just killer albums. And, uh, you know, if you ask me, Autopsy's putting out the best music of their career. I think the last 10 years was better than the first 20. I, I'm, I'm probably alone in that. Maybe I'm the only person who thinks that. But I really honestly do. I think the last 10 or 12 years of their career is the best time period of their career. Um, and they put out a live record a year or two ago that was, was the last year whatever that was really awesome so that's my opinion on autopsy i think you should check them out if you don't know them if you like autopsy you'll love it if you don't like autopsy but you haven't heard them in 10 in more than 10 years check it out but on the other hand it's going to be another one like if you heard their last record and thinks it sucks this one's not going to turn you either um but staple band awesome super cool love it and uh look forward to listening to the rest of it 
I try not to use a pick of the week if I haven't listened to the whole record, but man, I've been working a lot this week. I've been extra busy. And um I, it's just true. I've been I've been extra busy this week. And I dude, I there there are times when I work and I listen to a lot of music when I'm working, and there's times when I'm I'm working and I I I can't listen to music at the time. It also depends on like if I'm in a lot of meetings and blah 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 blah. You don't want to hear about it. Um, this was just not a week I got to listen to a lot of music. So that is my answer to all of that. And that's the um, way it is. I you know what? I want to go back to something else you said earlier. We were talking about how and I probably mentioned this before, but you and I were talking about it. It's unrelated to anything else except for pooping on people. And, um, <laughs> I mean, you know what? I got to say this. It's really not about that, but kind of. It legitimately upsets me. Pause. I am not going down the rabbit hole that I could go down on this topic because that's not what we do here. So I'm not going there. Unpause. Um, I am seriously, as of late, and I don't know what it is. Maybe I've just been in a certain musical mood, but I'm seriously been kind of upset the last like two weeks that John Schaefer did something that will cause no more John Schaefer playing guitar to ever exist again. I'm not talking about what he did. That's besides the point. And we joke, we, I joked that, you know, he pissed all over his own music. Then when he was in jail, people threw it at him. But I am legitimately kind of, um, kind of upset, man, because I, I don't know. I've been in a nice earth mood the last couple of weeks. And man, I, I listened to that guy play guitar and Nothing he ever did was technically complicated. But that guy had a right hand. He had a picking hand that it was unlike anybody. I, I, unlike anybody. And I'm not, I don't mean better than everybody. But, dude, just like he had this machine gun precision of playing triplets at a ridiculously fast speed for an entire set. You know, you hear a song like Dante's Inferno, and you're like, dude, how do you do that that long, that fast, and that perfectly tight with the drums? Like, the guy was just incredible. And I think Iced Earth had sucked for a while, and I think in the last almost 20 years, they only really put out one really good album. Um, I mean, after Glorious Burden, which I love, they put a Dystopia was a good record. It was a really, really good record. Um, the two something wicked albums were okay. They had their moments, but they weren't great. And the, and the albums after dystopia were crap. So maybe John had just been so, you know, off his, off his rocker. Um, and, and meaning I, maybe he had just been, he had pushed music aside in his head because he was so into like whatever political stuff, blah, blah, blah. We're not going there. Um, I don't know if that's what's happening, but I'm, I'm kind of. I got to tell you, man, I'm, I'm, I've been as of late kind of upset about it. And again, I'm not commenting on what he did. I'm just kind of upset that like, damn it, here's this guy. And like, we're legitimately never going to get another Iced Earth record. 
we're probably legitimately never going to hear him play guitar in anything new again while he's alive and perfectly capable of doing it. You know, it'd be different if, if, if he couldn't do it. Like, I wouldn't be mad. I'd be like, ah, that sucks. I'm just mad that the guy decided to whatever, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and, but I'm, we're never going to have another Iced Earth record. You know, we're never going to have, you know, I'm just, I'm never going to hear that guy write riffs again. It really kind of just, anyway. Please don't read more into this. I, I'm not taking a position on anything that happened. I'm simply saying I am annoyed that I can't hear that guy play guitar on a new album again. You know, I mean, yeah, maybe I didn't like the last two Ice Earth records, but there was still always that chance. You know, there was still always the, I don't know, man, he might put out another great album. Certainly capable of doing it because I'm just, I don't know, man, I've been listening to a lot of 90s Ice Earth, Earth and Ice Earth is not my favorite band, but Barlow era Ice Earth is certainly top three or four. You know, Ice Earth on the whole, not my favorite band. Ice Earth with Barlow, yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're in that, they're in that category of tied for tied with a couple other bands, you know, tied with I, Iron Maiden and Fate's Warning and I don't know, Kiss and a couple other bands, um, tied in that category for first place. So anyway, that's just my little, little rant. And again, please don't look to, please don't read into that. We don't do that here, but, uh, just been kind of annoyed by that. It has nothing to do with anything. I just want to throw it out because it's been on my mind a lot lately. And I need to drink more. I, I think that's really, I think that's the other half of the problem. I think I'm, I think I'm soberer right now than I, than I should be. <laughs> and, and, and I'm just, I'm just getting pissy. Uh, and my back hurts. You know, I, I'm just getting pissy. I'm old. I hate the world. Well, I mean, I, I will say, think. you know, we talked about a lot of stuff and I will say, you know, this is, uh, this is the last show we're going to do before Halloween. And if you're listening to this Monday, you know, tomorrow's Halloween. For us, we're still a few days away. It's my favorite day of the year. I actually, it's funny because uh, I have a playlist that I put on every Halloween. And, you know, it has a lot of this, my favorite, like, horror-based or, you know, whatever, rooted in horror metal songs. And, um, you know, stuff like uh, Ace Frehley, Something Moved, He's Back, The Man Behind the Mask by Alice Cooper. I'll just name a few. Witching Hour by Venom, um, Under the Dark Mark by Bloodletter, House of Doom by Candlemass, um, Possessed by Crypta, Hunger of the Dead by Dark Angel, Fearless Undead Machines by Deceased, uh, obviously Dream Warriors by Dawkins, Evil Dead by Death, um, Elm Street's Children by Elm Street, which hopefully I'll get to listen to that album this week and it'll maybe my pick of the week next week, their new album, not that album. Uh, you know, but there's there's a few Halloween by Halloween. We've talked at, at length about how that is like the perfect Halloween song. So maybe put that on today. There's a lot of other ones, you know, but, you know, I, I also get a little depressed around this time of year. Why? Because, you know, Halloween's like my favorite day of the year. And, you know, the buildup, you know, you get spirit Halloween opens, which trust me when I say, you know, it's it's like it's like the perfect store because everything is skulls and monsters and ghouls and everything else and it just depresses me that it's only open like a month month and a half of the year um so you know the uh, halloween night i usually kind of get a little depressed and you know because it's over you know there's no more costumes everybody stops being interested in zombies and monsters and everything else and i'm back to being like you know the only dude in my quiet suburban town who actually would have a skeleton you know up all year round 
<laughs> so, anyways, you know, yeah, I, I wish everybody a happy Halloween. I hope you're listening to some good metal. You know, there's plenty of metal to be had. Halloween and metal go together hand in hand. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, this is the perfect metal holiday, and I hope everybody has a nice one. I just wanted to kind of put that out there. Um, because, uh, you know, it's my favorite day of the year and I hope everybody's, uh, having fun during it. So, you know, feel free to share some Halloween songs on our page, share it with our listeners on our Facebook page. Um, you know, share some of your favorite Halloween songs. We will probably, we will probably, (laughs) we'll probably do the same throughout the weekend. Um, see, pancakes is still not as cool as flapjacks. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know hopefully uh hopefully you have some flapjacks halloween morning <laughs> so i don't know anyways yeah um i i i don't know man I, I i totally agree i um i will tell you that uh i i feel like i think you did last year where last year you said you didn't really feel the 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 holiday spirit like you do this year um, I'm kind of in that mood where I kind of haven't been feeling the holiday spirit lately and it's, uh, not for any reason. I've been watching horror movies, that sort of thing. I don't know. I think I've just been busy maybe. And, uh, my head's been, you know, elsewhere. I've been thinking about other things. I, 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 I don't know, man. That's, um, that is my guess about where it is. Um, I, it's, uh, Hard to explain. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I just need to, um, maybe I just need to listen to a bunch of typo negative. <laughs> maybe. Um, hey, speaking of which, they just announced that uh, life is killing me. They're gonna press it on vinyl. Um, that's awesome. Is that the one you really like? I I forget. Life is killing me and world coming down are my two favorite albums by them. Yeah. Um. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm trying to think like when I, when I think of typo negative, I go October rust. Um, okay. Not counting the first record, which is just, um, the first two records. They're just awesome because of what they are, you know, especially like, you know, the origin of the feces and like the fake live album and the fire alarm and that stuff's just <laughs> and the it's crowd awesome. keeps booing them. <laughs> that record is awesome because of what it is. And they um, keep saying we already have your money. <laughs> so. Yeah. That one's funny. But typo negative as we know it started with Bloody Kisses. And I do think Bloody Kisses has some of the best songs they ever wrote. But if I'm looking at an album October Rust is probably where I go. I mean, I bought that album the day it came out at, at the mall. Um, I remember dri- you know, r- driving. I remember riding my bicycle to the mall and and buying that record the day it came out and coming home and listening to it. And so, so it might be my favorite album strictly for nostalgia. Um, but it is it is probably my favorite. But uh, see, there's 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 not there's not much type of negative I don't like. Yeah, that's the thing. I was going to say, like, the thing about Typo Negative is, you know, you can have a favorite album, but I generally think that most people who like Typo Negative don't dislike any Typo Negative. Like, I could see saying, you know, like, I, I could totally see saying, like, Origin of the Feces or Slow, Deep, and Hard. Like, they're, yeah. they're still, you know, the Carnivore, the band, still bleeds over 
a little bit into that first album, which of course then spills over into the fake live album, which is based on the first album. Um, but I think that there is enough of the like attitude there, you know, like the, the, the type of negative attitude where the, the funny thing about them was they were a super like depressing in a lot of ways, like solemn band that had an incredible sense of humor. And the way I feel about horror movies, you know, like where I say like, oh, I like it when they inject a little bit of humor in there and and make it a little, you know, I, I'm not saying comedy, but like that's how I feel about Typo and Negative. Like the band would release a lot, like the band would be singing like, you know, all of these solemn lyrics and then they'd get, you know, the, and then they would release a fake live album where they're booed or the fire alarm goes off or, you know, and the beginning of every album has a joke. Like, or, you know, like, or, or, you know, most of them, like, um, like skip it or background and skip it, skip it's hilarious because when I got the vinyl, it got me because we, you know, I only, I had the CD, so I was listening to skip it and it sounds like your CD skipping. It goes, but for the vinyl release, they actually redid it. So I'm expecting putting on world coming down and hearing that like CD skipping sound where it's a little bit faster or whatever. So I put on the vinyl and I walk back over to my chair and I sit down and, you know, it starts off with, with, you know, and then I hear, I got up and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Cause I literally waited a year to get my hands on this out, this vinyl. Like I ordered it in January and it took a full year until they finally got it pressed and sent it to me. So I'm like furious thinking to myself like, Oh my God, I'm not going to be. And then the song actually starts and I'm like, Damn it, they got me. Like, they um, got me. What What else I was going to say is, and I, I also really appreciate that even their most depressing songs, there's humor in them. There's humor in the lyrics. Like, if you listen to any song by Typo Negative, like, like I love watching reaction videos when people are doing, like, first time hearing reaction videos to Typo Negative. And they're reading the lyrics, and you're listening to them analyze it, and it's like, oh, they don't get the joke. And they don't get the joke because they're not thinking about it that way. If you just read their – oftentimes, if you read their lyrics – like, I always say Christian Woman, for example. If you read that or, – or Black Number One, if you read those on the surface, you don't realize that they're super tongue-in-cheek. Jesus Christ looks like me. I mean, it's kind of like, oh – she can only get off to Jesus. Oh, well, Jesus Christ looks like me. You know, that's funny. You know, you know I, be, before him beg to serve or please on your back or knees. I mean, that's hilarious. It's I, hilarious I, stuff. I know why you like October Rose so much. Be my druidess. Oh, no, no. That is actually. actually to make you. you. <laughs> can, I, can I be honest with you? What? That is easily top three favorite songs of theirs ever. Well, of course it is for you. I mean. um, and what's funny is I I love the, you know, earlier we talked about analyzing lyrics. And um, I got to say that that one means a lot to me. The, the, the deep meaning in that song, I, I, hold, it, I hold it near and dear to my heart. Uh, <laughs> no, legitimately, it's an awesome song. <laughs> Be My Druidist is one of my favorite typo negative songs. That and My Girlfriend's really Girlfriend about- are all you. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> I, um, I've actually never tried to sit down and say, like, what are my favorite typo negative songs? But I can tell you that Be My Druidist has got to be, 
gotta be top three. Do you know what my favorite part of this whole entire album is? Cinnamon Girl? No, no, no. My favorite part, it's not like, well, you know, I like a lot of the songs. Like, I like Love You to Death. I love, you know, Be My Druidist, uh, My Girlfriend's Girlfriend. I love a lot of this. I even like, you know, I read Water Christmas Morning. I love it. Green Man's cool, too. It's about him. It's it. The song is based on when he used to work in the parks department, and they used to call him the Green Man because his uniform was green. My favorite part of this entire album, though, is in My Girlfriend's Girlfriend, where he's like, In a meat triangle, in a meat triangle. bojangled, wow. wow. <laughs> I just love the, the whole wow. wow. <laughs> That's my Wait, favorite because, part because of the, the way whole he album. says it. Wow. Exactly. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> like I just, Dude, but like, again, it's it's so funny. It, it's so funny. Bojangled. Um, wow. <laughs> see, I don't listen to typo negative if I'm if I'm depressed. I listen to him when I want to laugh. Um, no, I, I listen do, to typo when I'm in any kind of mood. Yeah, I know. I, I I don't have to be in a certain kind of mood per se. I just mean like, you know, they're not sad bastard music to me at all. Um, they're, they're not, I do, I, there's nothing about that band that in my brain is sad bastard music. And I know they have some of their music is sad bastard, but in my head, like, that's not where they're shelved in my head. You, you know, when, when I, when I shelve where the band goes now, nah, man, I, 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 I well, have, I have fun with that band. I was just going to bring up this, the, re, the, like one of the coolest things about having life is killing me on vinyl is going to be, cause I'm going to finally have, I like Goyles on vinyl. I don't know, man. I'm pretty excited I'm about having. Did you think I'm, I'm pretty cute? excited about the fact that I've got the first record, so I can on vinyl have hua, hua, hua. But Which I like. Just, I don't want to be. I don't want to be me. That is a great song. Like I mean that this whole album. Like that's why I say World Coming Down probably has my favorite songs on it. I mean I love everyone. I love is dead. I love obviously everything dies. Pirate of Blaze. All Hallows Eve is all one of my Eve's favorite songs they ever wrote. Creepy Green Light is awesome. But if you look at Life is Killing Me, um, you know, I Don't Want to Be Me is incredible. Less Than Zero, you know, uh, uh, I, I Like Goyles is hilarious. And look, if you can't take a joke, I'm sorry. The whole the whole song, and the funny thing is the whole song is not about him, like, having a disapproval or not. like. It's about him posing for Playgirl, and he f- suddenly realized that more guys read Playgirl than women. And yep. as a result, he would constantly get, like, asked to sign and hit on because he was in play girl yeah and the best story about that is what he did with the money yeah he bought a new backdrop for the band yeah like that's just how awesome he was i mean that's uh um um jim florentine told that told that story and uh, and i know it, if jim florentine told it i know it's true because they were friends you know what i mean they they he was um yeah, a big fan, and they were friends and, and stuff. But That's pretty. We cool. were electrocute was actually in Freddy versus Jason that was on the yeah. soundtrack. Uh, I also love if you don't kill me, I'm going to have to kill you. Angry Inch is about is a song based on Hedwig and the Angry yep. Inch, which you should appreciate. That's musical theater. I know. Um, Anesthesia is one of the one of my favorite songs too. Options exhausted, except for anesthesia. The dream is dead too. It's another lonely Valentine's Day. I mean, like this, the whole freaking album. Like, uh, you know, well, if I'm being objective, life is killing me. I would say, you know, it's one of those things where it's Master of Puppets and Ride the Lightning to me. Yeah, where yeah. 
I like more individual songs off World Cut Worlds Coming Down. I like the entire body of, you know, I like individual songs on World Coming Down better than I like anything on Life is Killing Me, but as a body of work, I like it better than World Coming Down. Let, let me also say this. If you want to hand if someone has never heard Typo Negative, it might not be the best representation of who they are, but it's probably safe that if you hand them I don't want to be me, they'll like it. I don't want to be. I don't want to be. What me. I mean is, it's just it's a catchy song, and <laughs> it's a catchy song about hating yourself. Yeah, but no, but it's just it's a catchy sounding song. It is. It no, gets I stuck know. in your damn head more than anything. But I and love I mean, it. It's a catchy gonna... song about hating yourself. Well, you know, hey, all I'm getting at is though, like that is an easy song to hand someone if they've never heard, and it's not super long. Because like a lot of times it's like like dude people do reaction videos a Christian woman and they do the they, they do the shortened version and it's like well unfortunately if you don't listen to the eleven minute version you miss half the lyrics you know it, it, it so at least I mean it's a five minute song which dude getting people that don't listen to metal to listen to five minute song is hard enough um, but it is it's just it's 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 ridiculously catchy um, it just it just is you know but anyway. So, well, hey, um, we've been at this for a little while. Again, I know this is a slightly shorter episode than than uh, maybe some of you are used to in the earlier days when we God, we used to go three and a half hours in the early days. Um, and we're not doing that anymore uh, for our own sanity. We used to sake. go all night long. All night. Um, <laughs> we did. We, we, used to, we used to go, yeah, and uh, we're old men now. And I just can't. I just can't anymore. So anyway, Duff can't uh, keep it up like he used to. <laughs> no, 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 I can't. I can't. You know, the show, a, the show, the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's of course what I meant. Um, so no, it's just it's just the truth of the matter. Uh, we have been at this it's, again. It's a good two-hour episode. That's about as far as we're going to go tonight. Uh, the good news is though, we we've talked about Halloween. Where uh, I know uh, Rex is certainly ready for it, and hopefully our listeners are ready for it too. Uh, however you celebrate Halloween, I. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. I hope you have fun. Cruel um, be the wind as it quells my words. I shout. I love that song. On uh, all Hallows I love that song, too. I love uh, eat whatever your favorite candy is. I'm an old man candy kind of guy. Again, I'm a curmudgeon. It happens. But uh, that's okay. So anyway. We want to thank you very much for listening. We want to remind you again, if you're new to the show, we don't get paid to do the show in any way. We don't take sponsorships, ads, or anything like that. So anything you heard from us today uh, was not was not uh, for any reason other than the fact that that's what we said it. And we will never take any money for it. That's just the way it goes. Also, Facebook, Instagram at The Heavy Metal Hangover. You can find us if you want to get a hold of us. We are not super active on social media. We are a podcast, not a marketing company. And we don't spend much time promoting the show at all because we have our own jobs. We have our own lives. And we love recording the show. But between the time we record it and the time we record the next one, we don't exactly put um, a lot of time into it. However, we do make it a point to respond to comments, and we do make it a point to try to to try to reply back to people when they message us. If we don't, and you're like, dude, I messaged them a week ago. Uh, why don't you message us again? Because we've had multiple times where people's messages got stuck in Facebook hell somewhere, and you know, when you're you know their message is like, I'm in hell, help me. They they just it didn't get to us for whatever reason. 
Um, we do want to hear from you. Again, we love your ideas. We love talking to you. Uh, we've made some really good friends with some of our listeners over the years. And we want to thank you, everybody, for for listening. And truly, truly, we hope you have a great Halloween. And, hey, we know we're going to be moving into November. Then uh, it'll be in the Christmas season. Some of you care. Some of you don't. But anyway, you look at it. The holidays are coming. And hopefully, so are you. So, anyway, thank you very much for listening. I am going to go upstairs and watch a movie and eat some pie. So between now and then, thank you very, very much. Make sure you wake up on Tuesday and go, oh, it's Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is for a listener. People were complaining that we did a whole episode. Rightfully so. People were complaining we did a whole episode talking about Brian Johnson and didn't once go, Yeah, yeah, we should have done that a long time ago. Um, so we owed it to you. We're glad you have it now. And I uh, hope it was good, as good for you as it was for us. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, I need to stop. So anyway, thank you very much for listening. My name is Doug. My name is Rex. And we'll see you again next week on another episode of the Heavy Metal Hangover. Happy Halloween, bitch. Congratulations for actually making it all the way through this episode of the Heavy Metal Hangover with your beer-guzzling, head-banging hosts, Rex and Dunn.